Hello, and welcome to another episode of For the Love of Sports. My name is Michael Brazil. This is the show where we get to talk about sports, we get to talk about business, and we get to talk about everything in between. Wherever you're listening, however you're listening, you know exactly what to do. Like and subscribe, five-star review, five-star review, like and subscribe. It is that easy. Most importantly today, I got a double, double guest. This is going to be so much fun. We have Greg Kayeski and James Seal? Oh, Siles. Oh, see, I told you, James. I knew I was going to butcher it. First shot, though. They are the co-founders of Better Edge. Greg, James, how are you guys doing today? Doing well. Thanks for having us, Michael. Pleasure is all mine. Sounds like we've got a kid in the background, too. This is going to be fun. Maybe we get four guests. I don't know. This is just uh, this is this is your show. I'm just here to ask you guys the question. So um, I'll do my best to direct the questions where they're supposed to go. It makes it a little more difficult, but I'm very confident in myself at this point. I mean, with a mustache like this, am I right? So the first question I have for everybody on the For the Love of Sports podcast, Greg, we'll start with you and James. You're going to get the same one, so just make sure you're thinking. Why do you love sports so much? Yeah, for me, I think sports really brings a lot of competitive nature and community teamwork out of individuals. Growing up in Iowa, I played four sports in high school and really enjoyed kind of that teamwork aspect, having fun, the camaraderie. Um, that really led from not only playing sports, but then also watching sports as well and really kind of getting that competitive edge and talking smack and having a reason to really uh, compete with each other. And I think that's led nicely into kind of what we've done with the product as well. So we'll get more into that later, but uh, I'll kick over to James as well. Love it. James? Yeah, I, I played every sport I could as well um, until my physical attributes ran out as I grew older and didn't continue to grow physically. Um, but for me, it's, I mean, it's like, it's reality television, right? I mean, like my wife likes some of the reality TV shows that are on, um, I don't know what channels, but like for me, sports is my reality television because today it's not only the games, it's like the NBA off season is just a reality show, right? So it's not just the actual physical game and event that goes on, but it's everything that happens around it. And then with sports betting now, like having some, you know, cash on the line as well, just adds to that engagement. So yeah, that for me, that's why I just love sports so much. James, I cannot agree more. A hundred percent. I bring that up all the time on this show. It's like, why? Why is anyone watching the Kardashians? No offense. Do your thing. If you're happy, you go watch it. But like, I can show you a four-hour college football game that's going to make you go bonkers. I would much rather spend my time doing that on a Saturday than watching any of that TV. And again, you watch it. Teaches on. I couldn't care less. You just be happy. But yeah, man, I, I totally agree. It's the reality aspect that does it for me. And you're 100 percent right. The NBA offseason. I mean, this one in particular has been crazy. Just to let everyone out there know, I want to get ahead of it. I did put some money on the Nets to win the championship at 35 to one because I don't think Katie's getting traded, and that just adds a little more drama to it. That just makes it a little more interesting, right? <laughs> I did. So we we're out of Minneapolis, and I did just see that the Nets attempted to trade Katie to Minnesota. Uh, for Minnesota to basically give up everyone and for like first round picks. And I'm glad they didn't. I, I like what they're building here. I, I agree. I don't think he's old. He's Kevin Durant. He's old, but whatever. That's, that's a whole nother. We're neither here nor there. So I'm curious, um, going into business, that's pretty hard, right? You, you starting a, starting a company, a startup, uh, business like yours in particular, right? Sports betting's all the rage. You can kind of just, you know, walk down the street, throw a rock, find a new sports betting business in some capacity, right? On one side of the aisle or another. So I'm curious, James, we'll start with you. Like, what was it about Greg and what was it about this idea that you said, Hey, you know what? This, this is the right time. This is the best time to do this. And I think, I think we've got something here. Yeah, I guess for me, so we, in our previous work, uh, we worked a lot with 
you know, Fortune 500, Fortune 100 companies. And I work specifically in fintech and online retail. And one of the things that, you know, it's just now common sense is when you buy and sell stocks, you don't get charged fees, right? The whole industry sort of changed its revenue model to make money in a tech way versus it, the, the hindrance of the consumer. And yet sports betting has been still making money off this fee this big for so long and it hasn't changed. And so, you know, our whole platform is based around no big, no fee. You come on as a consumer, you never get charged a fee and we make money like tech companies do like Robinhood, Webull, stuff like that. And so um, just seeing us hopefully start that boulder down the hill to change the industry and change the revenue model and that innovation, that's really what got me excited. And then, you know, Greg, the reason I was drawn to him, obviously he was one of my best friends and we started at work together, um, worked together for a year. And then we both kind of did our own thing for the next eight, nine years. But Greg left the first job we were at and joined a startup at a very early stage and worked with that startup all the way through IPO. So like there was no better person to bring on that basically knew how to do that from a company. Cause for me, you know, I knew the tech, I definitely was big into the sports and the sports betting, but I knew nothing about starting a company and everything that it entailed. And that's where Greg was perfect for that. I love that. That's such a great answer. Drinks on Greg whenever uh, whenever we get to go out sometime. Greg, I guess, uh, same, same question to you, man. I'll throw it. Yeah, so James and I met the very first day at uh, PwC. You know, that weekend, I think we took a trip together, became fast friends. And I, I learned pretty quickly that, you know, James and I both had this entrepreneurial spirit. And we wanted to build, and we wanted to code, we wanted to do all these things. And then you'd be sitting there and you know, think of an idea. And before the end of the weekend, James would have it coded up and, you know, submitted to the app store and all that type of stuff. And I was like, he's the better coder than I. Um, but he had brought, you know, better edges of idea to me. We started doing research in the market, the industry, all those things were like, holy smokes, there's a huge opportunity here. We should capture that. And so um, took that to an innovation challenge where we ended up winning that innovation challenge that really kicked off the company. And, and uh, a lot of that's been, huge for what James has uh, accomplished on the tech side. That is awesome. Yeah, it sounds like you guys are marrying two sides uh, of the brain almost at one time to kind of put that together. As a, It makes sense that while we're doing this one together, again, Better Edge is the name of the company. I guess we'll get right into it. Um, Greg, you're taking a sip of coffee. So James, what exactly is Better Edge? What are you guys doing and how are you doing it? Yeah, so we're a social betting marketplace. So really what that means is um, if you look at the legacy, just traditional sports betting industry, um, you have your you know sports books, that whole model where, you know, they basically tell you that, hey, there's an event. This team is favored. The payout is worth this. They charge a fee for pricing that because they obviously have positions on the back end and all of that. And then they pay you out minus that fee at the end of the day. All we are trying to do is take advantage of the fact that betting is very social. So betting against a sports book is sort of, it's just, it's very individual. It's not um, social like sports betting really is. Cause when you, even when you bet with the sports book, you then go and tell your friends what you did and tell your, you get everyone around you and you all get excited about the bets and, and people trash talk you and all of that. And so basically we just took that sports book out of the middle and created a platform that allows people to bet amongst each other where you know the sophisticated the back end the algorithms operate very much like a stock market but at the end of the day it is greg wants to bet again wants to bet the vikings on sunday someone else in the world wants to bet the packers 
you guys just put your orders out there. Our platform exchanges it. You don't necessarily need to know who is on the other side. And there might be multiple people on the other side, right? If you put a big thousand dollar order, it's likely not another user is going to have a thousand dollar order. There could be 20 users that have, you know, five dollar orders or fifty dollar orders that make it up. Um, but if you wanted to know who you were ex actually betting against, you can also do the straight up head to head. Uh, I can bet Greg um, and so forth. And we have all the tracking in there. And so you can measure your head to head records. You can track all of your analytics and all of that fun stuff. And the best part, you know, we're not innovating any bet types, right? We're not out there creating a new daily fantasy way to bet or creating a new bet type like a player prop or any of that. We have all those. But where we're trying to innovate is, like I said earlier, is on the revenue model and changing the way companies in this industry make money. And so we don't charge any fees. So that's the cool thing. I think the numbers like 52.4% is the winning percentage you actually have to have in a sportsbook industry to actually make money. Um, for us, it's 50.01%, which I think is what uh, we would like our legacy to be at the end of the day. I think that's a really interesting concept because there's a lot of different books that are popping up. You know, exchanges are popping up. There's a lot of different places that are popping up that allow something similar to this, but not exactly. I think the social aspect is where you guys are pushing a little bit further. James, one more for you because you brought it up a couple times. Like, how do you guys make money then? Yeah, so um, there's a few ways. So we do sell ads. So we do have a whole social feed. So we'll sell ads. So you'll get targeted ads and stuff based on uh, activity and things that you do. So. Um, that's one. We also are a digital wallet at the end of the day, so we can make money using fintech methods like float and um, pay for order flow, kind of those types of things. And then uh, on top of that, we have uh, premium features. So we have a ton of data. We partner with a bunch of podcasts. We partner with other data providers that, you know, forever it'll be free just if you want to go on and bet, right? But if you want to get all of that information at your fingertips, you want to have sort of a leg up, you can do the premium models to pay sort of a monthly subscription or even add a micropayment to unlock a specific premium feature. So you can pay to get those features unlocked. Very cool. Yeah, because if you guys aren't making money, then this isn't going to last very long. huh? So yeah. I think that I always like asking that we need to understand how you guys are making money. Hopefully, you got a little bit of a runway too, Greg, I want to throw it to you uh, for a second. What exactly so so James gave us a good understanding, but but what is the problem that you guys are solving? There's quite a few. I mean, I think the first one that James nailed is the fees. So being able to give just the community and individuals the opportunity to win at 50% is huge. Um, you know, if you make 20 bets at the end of the day with a big of 5%, you're already down one unit. And so our platform takes that away and you can continue to, to win at 50%. So that I think is a huge, huge opportunity. Um, the other exciting thing too is, you know, we have the whole social side connected to our platform, what people are betting. So if you're on there, I can follow and track and see exactly what you're doing. So there's a lot of transparency in the industry that allows for you to see, okay, he's betting this, he's putting money on it, here's his track record, I can see a win percent, I can see all those types of things. Um, so there's transparency behind what you're doing, so we're actually allowed to um, bet together, bet against each other, and have fun with it that way. And then yeah, that, yeah, another thing... Sorry. No, good. I think the other thing that we're really looking, that we're excited about as well, is because we don't have a dog in the fight, we can also provide you a ton of analytics that help you get smarter about your bets so we can give you information that says you know 
you win 10 and 1 when you bet Saturday mornings, but maybe you don't win when you bet at night, or you do really well when you bet the, the Vikings, but you don't do well when you bet other teams. So um, that analytics is really cool. And, you know, James is extremely passionate about that with his background and how we can help you become a smarter better because we're not going against you. James, you had a point. I was just going to double down on the transparency thing. Like, just imagine in the stock market and fintech industry where like, okay, I'm going to buy Apple stock and the New York stock exchange told me it was worth a thousand, but they didn't tell you why it was worth a thousand or how it was worth a thousand. That's basically the sports betting industry today. They tell you what the price is and they have all the data on the back end that gives them the information more than their consumer. Like that's what we're trying to solve. We're bringing transparency. So every trade that occurs on our platform, we show you the volume, the the price it was exchanged at. Um, and so all of that is visible to every user. Right. Those are those fishy lines. Like why, why are the, what the hell are they now? The commanders only four and a half point dogs to the Cowboys. What's going on there? I, I remember that line specifically because I meant that doesn't make any sense. I'm hammering the Cowboys. I ended up winning. They won that game by like two touchdowns or whatever. So that is always a very interesting aspect of it, right? I even work for a sports book. I have literally no idea how these things are created. Zero insight and idea on how they do that. And it's, it's, I, I totally agree with you on that one, but it's also really interesting to kind of like, you know, rub your chin a little bit and be like, I wonder why the lines are like that. And you guys are pretty much telling me that you'll give me all, you give me, you'll give everybody all this information, all the analytics that could pretty much be able to just explain the story of why are the commanders four and a half point dogs and they just went on a three game winning streak. Shouldn't they be only a one and a half point dog? So I think that's really interesting. Where, I guess, are you getting all that data and information from? Well, so that's, that's activity on our platform, right? Like if you're a big, if, you know, you get so many people that are betting on the game that, if all of a sudden the line is at minus six and then someone puts, we call a limit order. So basically you can say, I want them at minus four and a half. And so I'll put a big order out there with a dollar amount behind it. And once someone accepts that order, it moves the line to that new price. And so what you see is this order book or bid ass spread where you can basically look at, oh man, there's this one guy who really likes them at four and a half. They're putting a lot of money on it, but the rest of the market is only willing to pay minus six and a half. It's like, what does this guy know? And so like, you kind of, but then when it does change, you can look at the history and be like, well, I know why it changed because this big guy said it was four and a half. Someone agreed that it was, and now it changed, which is really what happens in the back end, right? Of sports books. It's just people are determining it um, behind closed doors versus having it just exposed to the world. And so out of curiosity, just for, for people that are familiar, are, are all bets plus a hundred? No, no, not at all. So that's okay, so that. that's the whole pricing concept, right? So um, everything's based on around an outcome, right? So if you look at a market like um, uh, just a money line market, so there's two outcomes, right? Team A wins or Team B wins. Anytime there's a draw, everything just goes back to the people's wallets. Um, so it's all a push. And so now that you have these two outcomes, the price of picking one outcome is the odds, right? So if it's even exactly even that's minus 100 but let's say the vikings are or that'll never happen the packers are favored over the vikings right and so someone's like well i'm not going to want to buy the vikings 10 to win 10 i'll only buy them if i can get 10 to win 20 right and so that's they'll put the order out there they'll say i want 10 dollars on them but i wanted that plus 200 and so as long as someone says oh i'll take the packers at minus 200 
an exchange occurs. So we break everything down into, uh, and not to get too technical, but into probabilities, right? Everything mm -hmm. has to equal up to 100% probability. And so once it does, a trade occurs. So if you think they have a 40% chance of winning, someone else has to think the other side has a 60% chance. And our platform does a really good job of not needing it to be exact, right? Like if you think they're, you know, you want them at 40% and someone else wants them at, you know, the other side at 61, you know, we'll still exchange that, but we move the line so you both get a better price. So you might get a little bit um, bigger payout. The other person gets a little bit bigger payout as well. That's really interesting. I think that that's a very important piece of it because liquidity in these types of markets, that's everything, right? If you're going against the book, believe me, Vegas has a lot of money. We have <laughs> nothing to worry about there. Yeah. That is fine. Liability is always a fun word when you hear get that thrown around. Don't worry. I'm sure they're going to be totally fine. <laughs> uh, but Greg, I'm kind of curious. How do, you, how do you market a product like this to the point of you guys not having to put up a lot of that money because you want people on the platform, right? You want people to do things on the platform so the liquidity's there and they're not like, oh, no one wants to take my bet. This is kind of frustrating. So from the business side of things, how are you expanding the footprint of the brand to get as many people on this platform as possible? Yeah, definitely. I think when we started this, James and I thought night and day about liquidity and how we solved that. We, we got extremely lucky by launching in our first date in the state of Minnesota. Uh, for anybody that knows, there's tons of people here that are willing to fade Minnesota sports because they're always willing to uh, lose at the last second. So that uh, helped us out a ton. But beyond that, we really strategically decided to make sure that we kind of plant seeds in a lot of different states. So running campaigns in you know multiple states all at the same time give a lot of different viewpoints, a lot of different um, outcomes that really help manage liquidity. And I think We've, we constantly track that to make sure that we're giving a great experience to our users and try to figure out how we can get better at it. And I think the one metric that we're really excited about is people understand our platform. And once they place an order, they usually come back about 75 to 80% of the time. So that really shows that liquidity is part of it. But yeah, we're with functionality and different features, we're really solving that experience. People continue to like it and come back. Yeah, I think that's extremely important. Again, coming from the the traditional quote unquote sports book side of things, like I think if we had those numbers, I think if any of these books had those numbers, we'd all be in a, a pretty good spot. And I think it's really interesting that you were able to hit it big very quickly, right? It, it seems like that could have been a big problem, but apparently it's not. And apparently you guys are crushing it, which is awesome. I am curious though, like how how are you encouraging people to bring their friends? How are you encouraging? Because you're going to need more and more and more, right? Because if one of those big guys that James was talking about places a huge bet and nothing comes through, he's going to be like, well, you know, okay, that, that was fun, right? So so it's, you know, it's, it's obvious for, for some of the smaller fish, like myself, I'll put 20 bucks on a game. That's fun. That gives me, gives me some juice, maybe pays for my dinner that night if I win. But some of these, you know, whales, we'll call them, in these states that aren't legal in terms of sports betting, which we'll get to the legality aspect in a second, how are you ensuring that, you know, with one comes two, comes five, comes 10, comes 100? Yeah, and I think a lot of that's just been responsible gaming. So one of the things we push is really education around betting and how we can help users win more. Um, you can tell our whole system cares about our community. But getting into unit management and really understanding that, you know, people should be diversifying. You want to bet a thousand bucks, put that into a unit, and then therefore put one unit on, you know, a certain game and another unit on another game and two, three units on something you're really, really, you know, bullish on. So that type of mindset is really responsible, not only for the community, but it also really helps 
aligned what we're trying to do. So that's been really exciting to see is, you know, our users become more educated, they can win more frequently, and they can obviously um, have a better experience of it as well. And then with it, you know, you talked about how to get more users on there. So we have a referral program where users can refer their friends. And once those users have great experience, they obviously want to get their friends on board so they can bet against them, bet with them, follow them, all those types of things. They can actually get more money as well. So I think the combination of those have worked really nicely hand in hand to really kind of provide that great experience to people. Yeah, I think it's 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 fantastic, and I want to I want to kick it to the social side of things for a second here. I don't know who, I mean, maybe Greg, maybe James, whichever one you think uh, can answer this best. What have you seen from that aspect of it? We've seen DraftKings try and launch like a little social platform within their their sports book. You know, they they haven't talked about it since they launched it, so you know we'll we'll let that uh, explain really what's going on. What have you guys seen? I mean, Twitter is the lifeblood of the internet, as quoted by my friend Nick Wright. Right? I totally disagree, but like, whatever, that's fine. Like, it is what it is, and sports lives on Twitter. I I download the app every NFL draft season, every you know playoff season because I love to see what the heck's going on. How do you get people to really start to engage over there and make sure that they're not just hopping back over to Twitter, that they're actually staying within the ecosystem that you guys have created? Yeah, it's a good question. You know, it starts with the fact that everything people do on our platform is tracked transparently. So if James is making a trade in their market, I can see that within the social feed and know exactly what's happening. So long as I follow James and he wants to you know, share that, he has the right to make it private if he, if he wants to. You know, it starts there, and then I think it, it goes further. So we have more features, more functionality coming out. You know, everyone's pretty familiar with this whole Discover concept where, you know, we're going to start dropping, you know, features, functionality, posts, information that aligns to the way that you engage with the platform. So if you're constantly in there jumping on Rutgers, we're going to serve posts about Rutgers for you, content for Rutgers, all that type of stuff um, to really help your experience get better. So... I think, you know, it's early days for the social, but as we continue to see more users come on board and have more feature functionality that really aligns to how users are actually engaged with the product, um, it's going to be huge. And I think, you know, when James kind of came to this idea, I was, a, you know, a big finance background, but the reality is, is I personally bet because I wanted to have fun with friends. So the ability to have that social functionality to talk, you know, smack to people and say, you know, that's not going to work. I believe that betting is really that whole social part of what makes it so much fun. And I think that's really what's going to help it survive and, and take hold with it. A hundred percent. James was explaining it earlier. Like, even though I just took this bet, I'm still going to go tell all my friends and then I, they're all going to get FOMO just in case I win. They all have to take the bet now. Right. Uh, James, I'm sorry. You're going to say something. I was just going to say, like, like I'm not going to delete my Twitter app, even though I, created better edge right like i'm still going to use twitter and i think it's naive of us it would be naive of us to think that you know we're just going to take all this you know uh community from twitter and put it on our platform i think we are really trying to strike a balance of what are we good at and what would cause people to want to be on our social versus making sure that we make it easy to share out to the social that everyone else has um, so it's twofold, right? We want to get content out to that, those platforms so we can get people back and then get content from those platforms onto our platform as well. So um, I, I think as we continue to grow and, you know, adapt, we'll uh, hopefully find that right balance. 
I love it. I think that's great. And uh, Greg, to your point, I'm 100% taking the points whenever USC comes to uh, Piscataway over here. I'm very excited for that game. That's going to be a fun one. Um, last question. Uh, we only got a couple minutes left. So, I, I'll, Greg, I'll throw it to you, James. You can you can uh, add on if necessary. How is this legal? <laughs> like, I, I was looking it up and I see all the states that you guys are live in. There's a free-to-play aspect of it, which is cool. So that makes it easy. But all the I think it's the other states you're pretty much 100% live in. So understanding how regulated this market is and everything that's going on, uh, that's my question. How How is this legal, like, at all? Yeah, so we spent two years really focusing on the legal side and getting everything in a row from a federal state and talking to different states, as well as getting our MVP ready. And so when you really boil it down, a lot of states consider, you know, laws around sports books. What a sports book's doing? So a sports book sets the price. It takes on risk against you. It does all these things. And that's not, you know, we're not a sports book. At the end of the day, we're just connecting users together. And, it, it, you know, everything kind of flows from there. And obviously that's a huge part in kind of how our business model falls in those states. We did about, we've got 80 pages really kind of broken down by every single law that's relevant and kind of how those play out. And, uh, you know, we've taken a really, you know, conservative approach in making sure that we're in the right states that allow for our platform to exist. Yeah, it really boils down to a revenue model as well. Uh, we don't make any money on the betting activity. Uh, so if you get a bet with Greg, we don't take any fees on that. Um, plus, we don't allow institutional investors on there, right? So we're, we, we're not going to partner with a, a casino or a sports book to fill liquidity, right? We're, we're just users um, exchanging amongst themselves with no fees. I think that's extremely smart. So whatever you guys are doing, keep doing it. I guess my my last, last question is, uh, if you guys can say, what's the biggest bet that you've seen placed on the platform by a single user? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, if you'd follow us on Twitter, you'll be able mm-hmm. to see we post every single day. Look at that. Uh, some of the big ones from last night. So Incredible. I would recommend that. This guy, man. Um, well, where can we follow you on Twitter? At Better Edge. I would say... I don't have the numbers in front of me, but we typically see, you know, 1,000, 2,000 on any given night. And then, you know, bigger games, we see bet sizes, you know, three, four, five thousand 5,000 out there. So I think, oh, yeah. um, unless you have better numbers in front of you, James, but I think scrolling through Twitter is really a great place to really see that and showcase some of the big winners. That's fantastic. And football season's coming up, so those numbers are going to get a little bit higher. We'd love to see it. Yeah, absolutely. Our, I mean, our biggest, obviously, was, I think, the Super Bowl. But what we were really surprised by was March Madness just completely launched our volume so much higher than we expected a little dip after the Super Bowl and then it rolled into conference tournament basketball season and it was just awesome it was fun to watch the absolute best man those like five six weeks after football oh, when you get all those games I mean it's it's the sheer number of games too like that's exactly the best part like that those first that first weekend man I'm just Heart palpitations thinking of it. Guys, this has been absolutely fantastic. Uh, where can we find a little bit more about both of you? What is your preferred uh, social medias? Greg, we'll start with you. And as well as obviously websites, app. Tell me all about it. Yeah, so I would say jump on betteredge.com. You can click join. and It'll take you right to our progressive web app. In there, you can find James to follow. You can find myself to follow. You can follow Better Edge, stay in the know. Uh, my handles are, you know, Greg there and then G. Kieski other places as well. So give us a follow and we'd love to uh, have you guys check it out and um, have some fun with it. Love it. Yeah. James? And as the main 
creator of it. Uh, if you do bet and do things, uh, I have hidden some nuggets around there. So you may you may get surprised by a coupon that I'll have to pay you some money or buy you a beer. Um, but yeah, that's it's kind of fun to like put some of that stuff in there. But yeah, uh, James Siles in the platform or on LinkedIn. I guess LinkedIn would be the main one that I'm on. I love it. Thank you guys so much. Uh, I'm not going to even bother with your last names. You both just said them. I tried to remember. Whatever. Greg and James, co-founders of Better Edge. Thank you both for your time. I'm going to put everything in the show notes for everyone. Time's the only thing we won't get more of, so I appreciate both of you giving me a little bit of yours. And other than that, everyone, hope you have a great rest of your day. Bye, everybody. Thanks so much.